patient listeners, welcome to episode 26 of She Existed, the podcast wherein I, Ashlyn Romagnoli, share the story of a woman of history and or legend previously unknown to me. Contrary to what you might have been thinking, I did not drop off the face of the planet, um, nor have I been carried away by radioactive pterodactyls. Rather, a whole bunch of exciting things have been happening, which is like super rad and also super exhausting. Uh, A of all, I started a new project (laughs) all about the bizarre experience that is moving to Italy called Utopia, an Italian study over at Utopia Italia. That's U-T-O-P-I-A-I-T-A-L-I-A dot substack dot com. So for several months, I have been writing essays about my and Adam's experiences over here, just really just as a way to process all the crazy shit that has happened. Um, And my thoughtful and encouraging friend Joan, who also has a substack called An American Girl in Italy, uh, she suggested that I publish them. And I was like, what the hell? Okay, so I did, because why not? They were written, they were ready. Well, they needed some editing, but, but they were kind of ready. Um, And because I love talking into a microphone, uh, you may have noticed, I decided that I would record the essays as well so you can read or listen as you choose. But the vibe is a little different um, there versus over here at She Existed uh, because it's like a little less rambly and conversational and more um, more organized. It's edited, um, you know, more like as a friend put it, like it should be like on NPR or something, which I personally take as the highest compliment. However, although the essays and the corresponding podcasts are free, just like She Existed is, there is also a paid option, uh, which is just $5.99 a month, which um, is pretty much just the cost of like buying me a really nice beer, <laughs> which, is, which is appreciated. Um, but it comes with an additional podcast that I'm calling Utopia Unfiltered. Um, so I take like a couple of shots of booze or like super over caffeinate <laughs> and then freestyle just chit chat about something about living in Italy, which is usually something su- suggested by a subscriber. So it's kind of like she existed in Utopia, an Italian study had a baby and it's Utopia unfiltered. Um, but you have to paid subscribe to get there. I mean, I don't charge for she existed and I never will. I don't charge for the essays on Utopia Italia. And if you do enjoy my work and want to support it and get exclusive access to some pretty bananas but fun ramblings, like maybe consider it. I will just leave that there. B of all, my dad and stepmother came to visit for a few weeks. It was super, super rad. We got to show them all around our new home in Turin. Uh, We even got to show them to see an apartment we're trying to buy. And yes, that is another thing going on that I am glossing right on over because buying an apartment here is as insane as you would expect. But I'll definitely write about it on Utopia if you're interested, but we're just even not going to go there (laughs) here. Um, But we also took a little mini vacation at Lake Como, which was stunning and awesome. So I'm really grateful we got to have so much time with them. Um, Partly because, like, good dad hugs are seriously underrated. And during all of this, Adam and I had our one-year wedding anniversary. And if you didn't know, we eloped in San Juan, Puerto Rico last year. Just us, a couple of friends, and, like, a dozen stray cats <laughs> because we picked a site for the elopement that was close to a cat rescue, which was hilarious. Anyway, much revelry occurred. It was great. Uh, also very distracting. Finally, finally, uh, what it, C of all, D of all, six of all, I don't, I don't know. 
um, I've actually begun some gainful employment. As a voice actor, shockingly enough, I'm currently working on my first, my very first audiobook, and I couldn't be more stoked. It's a really fun one. I'm really excited. Um, I will keep you updated on that. But um, yes, so those are my excuses and updates for you. You probably don't care. This is getting too long. I'm gonna, oh, and I had a boatload more dental work, which really sucks, which I actually have to go do after I record this. Anyway, <laughs> as you might imagine, I have not had a ton of exposure to rad ladies of history and or legend in this time, because as I have just spent far too long describing, I have been crazy busy. However, as sometimes happens, uh, occasionally just someone pops up who's super interesting and convenient and like I'm just I just have to know more so I dive in and then you know it takes a few hours to write these things but uh, but that's okay because um, this woman was not only fascinating but so interesting she inspired me to buy an entire book on the history of her um, monarchical lineage if you were maybe not blood probably blood but because it's uh, it started with Genghis Khan now Ashlyn I hear you say don't we all ultimately kind of start with Genghis Khan? Uh, which, maybe that's an urban legend. I don't really know. Um, and frankly, since this woman was actually Mongolian, like the chances that she, and a Mongolian noble, the chances that she was descended from him are, are super crazy high. But anyway, um, the book that I'm reading isn't really necessarily about her direct blood ancestors, although maybe, um, but it is all about queens of Mongolia, which is freaking awesome. Anyway, I got distracted, have gone completely off script, but anyway, um, <laughs> today we are going to be talking about Genepil, uh, who is the last queen consort of Mongolia. Now, a note on the pronunciation of this. Um, the way this is spelled uh, in English looks like it would be pronounced, looks like it would be pronounced Genepil, in English, um, and sometimes we do have different pronunciations in English than in a native language that are totally acceptable. Um, but I do happen to be able to read Cyrillic, long story, and the way that it's spelled in the Cyrillic alphabet uh, would be pronounced Genepil. So I'm going to go with that. Uh, please feel free to correct me. I'm probably overthinking this. But anyway, Genepil was born in 1905, so much, much more recently and much more definitely, like, really did exist than many she existed subjects. She was from northern Mongolia, which at the time of her birth was part of the Qing dynasty, which of course was the last Chinese dynasty before the Republic of China became a thing. Northern Mongolia is also sometimes called Outer Mongolia, which is contrasted with Inner Mongolia because, like, Inner Mongolia had a lot more, like, direct administration by the king courts, and uh, Northern or Outer Mongolia was somewhat more independent, so it was allowed to operate a little more independently than Inner Mongolia. Genepil was originally named Tseanpil, and I have no idea why they changed her name or why she changed her name. I really don't know anything about that. Um, I couldn't find out a ton about her very early life, but she was actually married already to a man named Luvsandaba, and she had a daughter when she was selected to become the next Mongolian queen to the recently widowed Bogd Khan. Now, obviously, such details, like being married and already having a kid, uh, are not super important to royalty if you really see something you want. 
Um, I am really curious, though, to know why Genepil was so particularly desirable. I mean, she was from a noble family, of course, and based on the photos we have of her, uh, and we do have photos that I'll put on the Instagram, she was completely slamming. So I guess maybe that was enough to make her the number one choice out of a range of ladies, very, very young ladies who were candidates. Apparently, a film was made about her in which her now 70-year-old daughter, Tsarenkan, shares the story of her mother's sudden departure to her new life. Quote, They took her away at night. She did not wake us, only left a piece of sugar on our pillows. I still remember the joy of a sudden discovery of that rare delicacy in the morning. Sad. Really sad. Also sad is the fact that apparently Bagd Khan had been really in love with his previous wife and didn't particularly feel like he wanted a new wife. But you know how royal families can be, and he ultimately agreed that it was probably for the best to keep up appearances. So he didn't really want a new wife, but he kind of needed a new wife to, you know, continue conning around and all of that. Um, and, you know, appearances, though, like keeping up appearances is a great way to describe this, because by this time, the Mongol leadership was pretty much symbolic from what I can tell. Like, it was pretty much a figurehead, you know, like just a symbolic thing, not a huge amount of power there. Genepil would have known that her new husband was much older and not really doing well. He, he was kind of sickly. Uh, apparently, he was almost blind. Courtiers assured her that she would probably be able to go back to her old life, like, pretty soon, you know, like, if the dude doesn't really make it, uh, the king, but she actually formally requested to be sent home, which is apparently a thing in Mongolian custom uh, that had to be granted, like, if a woman was taken as she was and was not happy about this, she could formally request to be returned to her family, and she would be. I thought that tidbit was particularly fascinating, actually, because it gives a lot of agency to what otherwise just seems like a kidnapped woman. <laughs> uh, so she was returned home, uh, but the whole solo monarch thing was still a problem. So eventually, um, people came by, probably the courtiers, and they just begged her to return for the sake of her king and her country, and she did agree. Bagd Khan wasn't really long for this world, though, as expected. And upon his death a short time later, she was again returned to her family. Although we don't have a ton of details about, like, did she go back to the first husband? Did she find a new husband? Did she stay, like, solo? We're, we're not really sure. However, the fact that she had been a queen, however briefly, would seal her fate. So in 1937, she and her family were arrested. And in 1938, when she was only 33 years old, which is my age right now, which is crazy, um, she was executed along with her family in the Stalinist purges of that time for suspected collusion with Japanese forces. And uh, here's, here's the like even extra sad part. She was five months pregnant at this time. So she was executed at 33, five months pregnant. Um, you should 100% go to the website uh, semreproche.com, that's T-S-E-M-R-I-N-P-O-C-H-E.com, to learn more about Genepil, because it does give a very comprehensive account of her life compared to, say, her wiki page. <laughs> I had a hell of a time finding out, like, granular details about her life, um, which actually there is a reason for that. So one other source I found was Mongolia Live, um, that has a, a whole Facebook page situation, and they said that, quote, all that remained of her memory was a secret 
this is this is after her execution. Sorry, that's me interjecting. I'll I'll start the quote over again. So after her execution, supposedly, quote, all that remained of her memory was a secret forbidden song passed on to a historian by an old man who had been taught it by a former servant of the Bagd Khan, who taught it to him while the two were imprisoned by the communists. So, shrouded in mystery, her legend has passed down through the years. And another fun fact, uh, it seems like Star Wars's Amidala costume, you know, the like really epic one when like Natalie Portman um, you know, she has like really pale face, little red lip and like amazing headdress. Um, that was super inspired by some of the photos that we have of Genapil's fabulous traditional garments. So that's that. If you want to look her up, um, her name, Genapil, is spelled G-E-N-E-P-I-L. Uh, definitely just read about Mongolia. It's freaking awesome. Uh, M-O-N-G-O-L-I-A. And Bogd Khan, B-O-G-D-K-H-A-N. So he he was the, um, as I said, he was the last monarch of the Mongolian Empire. I think I said that, right? Did I say like, I don't even know if I said that. Yeah. So actually, yeah, when, when he died, um, the monarchy did die with him. Um, so yeah, that's good to know too. So anyway, um, Genepil was super interesting. Um, not only was her portraiture stunning, which is what, in, like, seeing that photo inspired me to learn about her, uh, but like I said at the upfront, she's kind of got me down this whole rabbit hole about Mongolian queens. So this might end up being the start of a little mini-series about them because, like, damn, there's some really interesting stuff there, and apparently a lot of this stuff as a lot of things about women of history has been either purposefully or kind of inadvertently, but probably purposefully obscured. And there's just a lot like a rich heritage there. So thank you for listening. And I will catch you next time, which will be at some point (laughs) in the future. Um, Have an awesome weekend. (laughs)